Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella, your host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the latest market dynamics impacting executives and their customers. In today's episode, we're going to give you a preview of the technical debt track at our upcoming Technology and Innovation North America event. We'll hear from five different analysts who are presenting in the track to get their unique perspectives on how tech debt accumulates and what you can do to reduce it. While many firms may recognize they have technical debt, senior analyst Alvin Wen says they may be too narrow in their thinking to take proactive steps towards reducing it. One of the big things is that having a financial value by itself or seeing that it's growing over time doesn't provide uh, organizations with enough context to determine what needs to be done. So how do you address the technical debt and how much? What does it mean to your personnel, to your goals, to your future plans, or to your customers? And what is it enabling you to do and what is it preventing you from doing? A lot of organizations, they may not know what they don't know, right? So if they understand the concept of technical debt, especially the stricter one where it's software development and the financial impact, they may not know to extend it into personnel impact, reputational impact, time, risk, security, uh, and kind of in process. Uh, they may not know that you can apply it towards your IT assets like hardware and software to architecture to your operating model. So if they are only looking at it from a very narrow perspective, they may miss out on these things. And one of the things about that is if you're making a decision on limited information, sometimes you get lucky, but it's better to be prepared and to look at things comprehensively than to just look at this narrow point of view and hope you get the right decision. Alvin says the maturity and structure of an IT organization can limit its ability to reduce technical debt. If you're part of a traditional IT organization, you're siloed. You're looking at uh, cost reductions usually. Uh, you may not appreciate information about uh, you know, cost efficiency, about return on investment, because you're looking at reducing costs first and foremost. And so understanding maturity and understanding kind of the uh, target audience and what they're going to accept is going to be important. In a session at Technology and Innovation Forum, Elvin will be walking through a new framework to help business and technology leaders take a broader view of technical debt. This is really targeted for both executives who are going to make and support the IT decisions within the organizations and the architects who will label as subject matter experts who are going to be responsible for identifying and characterizing the technology choices available to the organization. So for the executives, this proposed framework provides them with the data they need to see in order to determine the technology choices that helps them achieve their organizational goals. Uh, for the architects, the proposed framework shows them what data needs to be collected and how to present it in order to support their leadership. The technical debt framework has already been shown to deliver real business impact. Here's Alvin providing a couple examples. With uh, the first example, it was with a government agency. So they utilized this framework to evaluate their application modernization strategy and determine what made sense to move to the cloud and what didn't. Their leadership expected to see 100% cloud usage across the application portfolio and expected it all to be cheaper. But when we evaluated the requirements, the architecture, the tech stacks, and the personnel, we found this wasn't the right move universally. Uh, specific applications could be moved at lower costs, but others would cost more in terms of compute and or data egress. So the success of this application of the technical debt framework was in how it clearly communicated to leadership why moving specific applications to the cloud made sense and where it didn't. 
And then the second example, we did this at a large enterprise organization, and they utilize this framework to evaluate a new product and how it would impact uh, the market with existing and potential clientele. The results fed into a market opportunity assessment that indicated the likely success a product would have in attracting new business for the organization and what they needed to do to effectively capture these customers. Uh, The success of this application of the technical debt framework was in how it helped validate what was actually important to the customers and how they would actually track the value received. In this case, operating costs, or more specifically, the utility costs that they saw. One of the ways to minimize technical debt is to change how you select and work with partners. Principal analyst Bill Martorelli explains how your sourcing and contracting practices can create technical debt. A lot of people look at technical debt or arguably technology debt as a fundamental premise related to software development, uh, architectural choices. And it's true, that is absolutely correct. But uh, we think that it goes broader than that, that through, let's say, sourcing practices associated with modernization, significant impact on accumulation of technical debt can either be prevented or accidentally encouraged. And by making the appropriate choices in sourcing for external products and services, enterprises can protect themselves from accumulation of unwanted technical debt. For example, typical contractual mechanism obliges suppliers to adhere to new technology as they maintain and operate a client's systems in a more or less conventional outsourcing relationship. We've seen cases, however, where such terms have been abrogated at the client request in order to save money. And obviously, in that case, the result has been catastrophic from the standpoint of technical debt accumulation. Another way that can happen, I think, is in even the context of cloud migration, where you know we still see a fair amount of activity that is basically a lift and shift, right? Moving applications effectively unchanged into cloud environments. A lot of people want to do that for the sake of maybe closing a data center, which who would argue it could uh, deliver significant economic benefit. But at the same time, uh, it is preserving, in effect, technical debt, right? By moving, let's say, uh, legacy, potentially legacy infrastructure into the cloud in a way that is not optimized for the native cloud environment, which, in, again, is perpetuating, if you will, technical debt in order to answer a near-term exigencies. So I can't really say it's a mistake per se, but obviously uh, customers need to be aware of the trade-offs they're making when they make decisions of that kind. So what's a good solution? Senior analyst Akshara Naik Lopez explains how changing your sourcing and contracting strategies can help minimize technical debt in the future. What we are proposing is organizations embrace alternate approaches to sourcing RFPs and contracts. And how do you do that? By making RFPs and contracts business KPI driven and business outcome driven and not technology or IT driven. For large projects, organizations need to stop looking at these multi-year large enterprise software projects as get the latest software version of the software and tools within a certain amount of time and budget. If you have not made any process improvements or added value or not made any improvements to business KPIs, all you have done is spent money and ensured you will be in the same spot as before a few years down the line. And that, in a sense, is accumulation of technology debt. We need to stop making RFP requirements-based, define your business KPIs and metrics that you truly need to improve, define capabilities that need to be met, and pick vendors who use that approach and not the ones who approach it as get a tech project done. For contracts, look at making clauses that say business KPIs have to be met by specific times in order for payments to be made. 
Payments can be made based on business results and not just tech delivery items driven in milestones and phases. For large IT deals, require that there be continuous delivery model. What does that mean? Require that vendors keep the applications and its underlying tool and tech stack up to speed with latest versions, thereby preventing future accumulation of tech debt. Certainly, maintaining legacy technology can produce a variety of issues, but upgrading your tech stack can actually produce more technical debt. Senior analyst Tracy Wu hears about these challenges in her work guiding clients on cloud migrations. A lot of the conversation is around, we have these increasingly hybrid, rickety, complex tech stacks that are loosely coupled together or that we aren't able to have great insights in or that there is a complexity there that we're not able to fully provide value in. And so we either spend a lot of time trying to get data for specific areas that we don't have capabilities in, or we spend a lot of time trying to integrate and cobble together these uh, different environments. And that makes it an organizational inefficiency where we're spending less time innovating, providing new developer services for the organization to get the innovation, to be able to move and provide new products or new services, and more along the lines of how do we streamline and cobble our backend in a way that it makes sense for us so that we can actually move agilely as an organization? It's a huge inhibitor for organizations as we've been talking to them. I just gave a speech in DC and they were just talking about the pains that they're dealing with, with migration or actually updating between operating systems. And the biggest pain point that they had is that when we are upgrading between different operating systems, there may be specific dependencies that we have built into a specific version that is actually broken when we're doing this upgrade process. So the upgrade becomes incredibly painful. And now we have specific subsets of code or workflows or tools that are no longer relevant to the organization because we've done this upgrade process. Tracy will team up with principal analyst Manuel Geitz in a session at the event to provide some new thinking on how to reduce tech debt. Here's Manuel providing some details. So most organizations face some degree of tech debt, but what makes technology a debt is a very company-specific question. And our solution is to focus everything on value, to identify what debt means for you and how to resolve it all through the red thread of value. At least from my perspective, you need to take a strategic view on your tech stack, identify the most important value streams that matter for you strategically, and identify where's the technology that's blocking access to the respective value. And that's what I mean when I say that tech debt means something else for every single company. Identical application can work great in company A and can be a horrible blocker to value in company B, depending on what kind of strategy they have. So what's the kind of value you want to deliver? Are you more on the client experience side? Are you more on the efficiency on the scale side? And that will define the type of technology that is either delivering value or holding back value. So marrying the concepts of value streams, looking at the tech stack from a capability perspective, and then choosing in which areas you really need to make a step change and modernize, and in which areas you potentially can live with um, a little bit of outdated technology, um, rather than trying to do everything everywhere and all at once. One of the things that we'll talk about and specifically look at in our session at TNI is how do you build new tools or new products or new services without adding to technical debt? 
what sort of areas are you able to identify where you can maybe build in continuous improvement, build in knowledge management into the CICD pipeline so that you are making sure that that knowledge and those um, best practices, governance frameworks, whatever you have within that code is actually helping to pay down existing technical debt and not adding to that. The biggest thing that we can say to organizations is be intentional about the technologies that you approach. There was a lot of this rushing to cloud, um, you know, before the pandemic, the pandemic helped accelerate that a lot, where organizations realize, especially in North America, that if we don't get to the cloud, we are going to be behind. We really need to be able to provide this in a specific way because digital engagement and digital collaboration was becoming much and much uh, higher priority for organizations as a whole. And so they didn't think about things like resilience. They didn't think about things like operationalizing cloud. They didn't think about costs. They weren't as necessarily concerned about security. And what organizations are starting to realize is that, well, we haven't thought about all of these different areas, and now we sort of need to backtrack and think about what exactly should we be adopting? What technology should we be putting in place? What sort of ways or uh, means of standardization should we be putting in to our cloud strategy or our hybrid cloud strategy? And so for those organizations out there, and I think it's uh, I just looked at the stat. It's somewhere in the high 70% that are adopting a hybrid cloud strategy. This is something that is incredibly important for them, but also important for any organization out there. If you like what you heard today, each of these analysts will be presenting in more detail on technical debt at the upcoming Technology and Innovation North America event, September 10th through 12th in Austin, Texas. To learn more, visit for.com slash tech events. That's F-O-R-R dot com slash tech events. Thanks for listening.